0: America Meditating Radio, a show for everyone to learn more about this amazing thing called life. Do you like to meditate? Have you tried to meditate? Have you struggled with meditation? Why don't you visit one of the Brahma Kumaris Meditation Center. Visit brahmakumaris.org. I want to show you something.
1: Each day around the world, 5,000 people are infected with HIV. That was over 20 years ago. Today, an estimated one in five gay men in major U.S. cities is living with HIV. So why aren't we talking about it? Today, we have the tools to make HIV history. Let's finish what we started.
0: Because the world needs you to live. The Meditation Museum in Silver Spring, Maryland offers a variety of courses and activities to make your life go a whole lot smoother. Located at 9525 Georgia Avenue, you will be able to experience the beautiful silence that's in the space. There are courses in Raj Yoga meditation, positive thinking, stress-free living, and personal development classes. For more information, call us at 301-588-0144 or visit us online at meditationmuseum.org. The Miracle Medical Clinic is a clinic that has been providing quality health care services to the Houston area since 1996. In a comfortable environment, they are dedicated to helping you live a healthy lifestyle for years to come. For more information, please call 713-464-0236 or visit us at our website at www.miraclemedicalclinic.com. The Miracle Medical Clinic, where preventive health care is waiting for you. Get off the grid and step inside your heart. Sister Jenna guides you through a powerful, encouraging,
1: and motivating meditation that allows you to let go and become aware of you.
0: Regain strength, power, and peace. Hello, everyone, and welcome to America Meditating Radio. I'm your host, Sister Jenna, and we're broadcasting from the beautiful Meditation Museum. Are you in your own this year? Are you in your Zen zone, as they say? Well, here it's a little bit different. What we actually invite you to do is to be able to be very honest and very truthful about the way that you're feeling. Where you are in your game, and where your attention should be focused on for a better part of you, a better version of you. I believe that we are actually being initiated or being called to upgrade our sense of self, our sense of the way we contribute to our community and our environment. And we're also being upgraded to a sense of a thought level like, what are the quality of my thoughts? You know, eventually, if you've had a thought over and over and over and over and over again. It starts to reflect in your features. Your face begin to show what you've been thinking over a long period of time. Now isn't that exciting for 2017? I think so. So that means I need to pay attention to what I'm thinking the energy of intention in which I'm thinking it in and also the words that I speak and how I speak and where are these words going to take me and those who are also listening. And that's why this show, America Meditating, is really focused on keeping its intention in terms of the way that it uses the platform of media to be as uplifting, invigorating, thrilling in a sense that it's positive and hopeful, Because if we don't really appreciate our own sense of self and how we are and who we are, we won't know what to do. And so I'm asking everyone to really begin to help us. I'm asking everyone to really help us to really elevate our own thinking for the 21st century. And as we move into a very interesting time where it's like life is asking a lot from us, don't you think? We are being governed to believe in who we are, what we are, and how we show up in the world. And there's nobody to blame anymore. Nobody. So your thinking, your words, your behavior, your attitude, everything, we need to be very clear on the way that we take care of our interior world, the way that we think, the way that we speak, the way that we behave, because the world needs lot of inspiration and so once we are inspired then we'll be able to elevate and uplift others stay tuned we're going to be having a heart-to-heart conversation with a widely published writer Marianne Schnall and Marianne's been doing a really a lot of good work before I get Marianne on the air why don't we just pause for just a minute of reflection let's do a minute to clear our mind for my just a minute meditation cd take a deep breath there you go
2: a clear mind taking just a minute I turn my attention inwards I silently observe my thoughts each thought a ripple on the surface of a lake I gently remind myself I am like that deep tranquil lake As my mind touches tranquility, I allow calmness to wash over me, clearing the mind, returning me to my true peaceful nature, I allow peace to flow
0: into my actions. Mm, I love her voice. That's Sister Genti from the Brahma is in the United Kingdom, and her track is called Just a Minute. Meditation CDs, and that one's called Clear Mind. Well, the American Meditating Radio is proud to welcome Ann Schnall. She is a widely published writer and interviewer whose writings and interviews have appeared in a variety of media outlets, including O, the Oprah Magazine, Time.com, InStyle, CNN, EW, and a list of many others. Ann is a featured blogger at the Huffington Post and the contributor to the nationally syndicated NPR radio show, right here in our backyard. Fifty-one percent. Sent, the Woman's Perspective, which is an interesting show. Marianne is also the founder and executive director of Feminist.com, a leading women's website and nonprofit organization, and the co founder of EcoMall.com, one of the world's oldest environmental websites promoting earth friendly living. She's the author of Daring to Be Ourselves, influential women share insights on courage, happiness, and finding your own voice. And her book, What will it take to make a woman president? Well, we're realizing it's going to take a lot, but conversations about women, leadership, and power. Through her writings, interviews, and website, Marianne strives to raise awareness and inspire activism around important issues and causes. Marianne, welcome to the America Meditating Radio, and thank you. Thank you for the work that you're
3: doing. This is so beautiful. Well, thank you so much, and of course, I'm happy to be on the show, and thank you for the wonderful work that you are doing as well
0: yeah it's a woman's thing, isn't it?
3: We just can't keep ourselves quiet.
0: <laughs>
3: well, we do like to talk and communicate, and this is a good and important thing, especially right now. Hey, you know when I read about your
0: book, what will it take to make a woman president Conversations about women leadership and power? Were you disappointed on November ninth
3: Well. The book was always more than about electing one woman and, you know, a, and a woman president. It was a larger conversation that I was hoping to start and explore around why we just don't have parity in many levels of leadership for women. But a long time talking about what an important milestone that would have been to have reached that, you know, having a woman reach that highest glass ceiling as inspiration for, for girls and women and just, you know, in general, yeah. um, marking a new paradigm shift. But now all we can do is move forward from here air.
0: Yeah, which sometimes is not always so easy to do because I know that for me, and I've had this discussion with many individuals, whether they are on a spiritual journey, a religious journey, or just a good journey of mankind, there were just so many innate value systems that they felt were violated or ignored or something in the ether sort of inscribed something else that we needed to go deeper into. And I don't know if you had this experience, but despite whatever it is, however the outcomes that tend to emerge in our lives, you still find that if you yourself are having negative or waste thoughts, you needed to check yourself despite whatever is going on outside Mm -hmm. of you. Did you run through that experience for yourself where here you are, you know, standing up for feminism or equal rights and justice for all, something happens and you almost can visualize yourself being the same voice that you're standing up against? Did you experience anything like that recently, even this year or after November 9th?
3: Oh, for sure. I mean, I think many of us did. It was hard to, you know, because so much was stirred up and there was so much to be, you know, kind of disturbed about in terms of some of what we learned about the divisiveness in this country, the racism in this country, the sexism and misogyny that sort of emerged just in the discourse around this very vitriolic and divisive election. And then, of course, you find yourself feeling like, you know, it's us versus them. And I think that's a really dangerous way to think, especially right now Mm post-election. I think that ultimately, sometimes things have to get so blatant for people to wake Mm -hmm. up in order to really see the symptoms of what. The problems are in our current state of humanity so that we can acknowledge them, reflect on them, and hopefully begin to address them. So that is what I'm focusing on. That's my highest hope is that th- this has been kind of a trigger for that kind of, um, you know, honest reflection, conversation, and transformation.
0: Absolutely, and I think we are moving into an age of transparency as we endure uh, suffering the consequences of what it's like to live in an age of deception, there's no doubt. Your book, What Will It Take to Make a Woman President, was actually published in 2013, and it includes a collection of interviews and essays with women, including my wonderful, amazing Maya Angelou, who we miss, Gloria Steinem, Melissa Tell us a little bit about the book and how you actually went about collecting such conversations.
3: Well, it was a pretty amazing journey that I sort of just was inspired by this question from my then eight-year-old daughter, Lotus, you know, right after Barack Obama was elected president. We were sort of celebrating this historic milestone, and she turned to me very innocently and just asked, why haven't we ever had a woman president? And it just seemed like an interesting question to pose in some of my interviews. And I thought it was just going to be a CNN article, but it wound up getting so much attention. And I had so many different people wanting to offer their perspectives that I decided it was worthy of a book. And I found that doing a book on... why we haven't had a woman president and what it will take to make a woman president turned out to be this lens into so many interconnecting issues that not just were about, you know, women and politics, but just a lot of changing paradigms that are happening right now around women and, you know, our institutions and, and the world. And so it was a really interesting journey that led me to Really, cultivate a lot of different perspectives because you needed to have. This was not a partisan issue. It was You know, this is not a political issue. I whether it was talking to activists or political figures or artists or men or women and people of different generations, it was just fascinating to start to really begin to really think about why we are so far from parity and what it will take to get more women in, in leadership. And, you know, obviously, this is sort of an ongoing conversation. And, you know, what I really discovered ultimately is that there are both, you know, psychological obstacles, you know, sort of internal glass ceilings that women and girls feel, which has to do with a lot of the messages they receive from our culture, as well as structural obstacles that really do um, hold women back. And I do think we saw some of the things play out in this election about just the, you know, perceptions that we have about, you know, female leaders and the sexism that still is just almost kind of like this not even conscious in our culture about how we think about women and the roles that they should be playing in our society so you know it's ongoing i'm going to be launching a whole platform called what will it take where i will have resources and more content around what we can do to empower and inspire more women leaders because i think i think we're all realizing this is important it's not a matter of just equality this is a matter of diversity and having a reflected democracy we all benefit from a more equal and you know just and diverse world
0: I hear you. There are two areas I wanted to share with you. I've traveled to over 90 countries, and I learned a very, very huge lesson when I would speak to individuals from other countries, whether it's developing countries or what have you. And they would challenge me and say, okay, if your America is so developed, why haven't you had a woman president before? This is conversations that I've had like maybe 10, 15, even 20 years ago made me think when they say, look at India, India's had, Singapore's had, Libya's had. I mean, you know, why is it that America somehow hasn't been able to put a woman in power? So that had me thinking, hmm, if we are so advanced, what's going on here? That was one thing. The second aspect that I remembered uh, encountering post-election was a group of us met at the Meditation Museum. Some were religious leaders, some were spiritual. And there were just a lot of charged emotions post-election. And mm-hmm. there was a question about, you know, the attack on women and how, you know, what was it that she could have done more or what have you. And we were expressing from a place of emotion an emotional bruising and about You know, just the languaging that women far too often have adapted to believing and that they're so-and-so and they belong in a particular genre. Then this very beautiful, quiet voice, Sister Gita, who's usually my assistant host on the air, comes up and said, but she held her dignity and her... Respect as a woman, that's her empowerment. And I don't know what it was, Marianne, but that silenced everyone in my office that day because we were talking about she should become the president, she has been the secretary of state. We were addressing a woman's empowerment had to do with physical roles that she played or physical roles that the world could accept that she is empowered. And here was this elderly, very quiet voice said, but she is empowered. Look the way she handled herself. Mm-hmm. And that floored all of us. I, I don't know if it even touched you as I shared with you that story, but it really touched us at a very deep level. That sometimes I think, as women, we think that it's just the role that we must fit in, that we are just as good enough to run corporations, to run countries. But maybe what we are running in the world are more these very powerful, godly, or divine, or innate, deep values that no one can touch like this is what a mother represents in the world she holds truth despite whatever it is that she has to go through is that making any sense to you
3: yeah no absolutely i mean i think the this whole conversation is also not just i've always felt this is not just sort of in in literal you know gendered terms but i also think it's a sign of how we uphold and value sort of the feminine in our, Mm -hmm. you know, in men and women and in our society. I think that what we saw play out, I mean, especially, I mean, some of the disturbing comments that were made by Donald Trump, I mean, there was a sense of a very kind of toxic masculinity playing out in a lot of, you know, what we saw in this election. And, you know, I think that truly, first of all, women are always in this very difficult position. I heard this in a lot of my interviews about, you know, can't almost can't win. You can't be, you know, too soft or, or show emotion, and nice. you know, cause you're supposed We're to show that. That you're like a tough leader. And yet, when mm-hmm. you do that, it's like there's this negative bias about powerful, ambitious women. It's seen as a negative. They're deemed like unlikable. Yeah. So, it's, and you know, of all people, Hillary Clinton. I think you know you could just see so much of that playing out in how people thought of her. And so she almost like couldn't win. It was a very you know tough situation for anybody to be in, particularly someone who's trying Trying to break that first glass ceiling, so I think you know there's never been a time, in my opinion, you know, where we need more of the feminine in our world and in our politics. One of the things when I spoke to a lot of you know female um, politicians, you know, Republicans and Democrats who were either you know in Congress, senators, um, they would talk about you know how they, and again, not talking in. Generalizations, because obviously there are exceptions to everything, but tend to be consen- women tend to be consensus builders and and good listeners and communicators. And the the female senators have this tradition where they they gather it's a bipartisan and they have these dinners where they talk and they connect as human beings and they talk about their families and about their lives and they don't talk about policies or issues. But then when they are in a situation where they are back at work and on opposite sides of an issue, they are able to better find consensus because they're connecting as human beings, not as political adversaries. That's just a taste of, like, what women could bring, and particularly in such a partisan, divisive time. I just feel like we need more of that, and we need men to also be able to value those type of but, yeah, feminine Definitely.
0: Qualities. Definitely. We definitely need their participation because it won't be fair. <laughs> to not have them learn how powerful it is if we all work together as one. What have you learned, Marianne? What have you been learning from doing these countless interviews with powerful women in, in positions of influence? What have you walked away with?
3: Well, my goodness. I mean, I've been doing this for, you know, probably over two decades, so I've learned so much, it'll be hard to kind of summarize. You know, I just feel like we, women have so much to offer. Right now, there's so many serious problems facing the world, and we're missing out on half of humanity in terms of their visions and their ideas and, and their solutions, their voices, because we are not in any sector, not just political, but in media, in the corporate world, you know, even in... The worlds of, of entertainment were just not represented. And so that's why I think things are so out of balance. And I think the thing that sort of most concerned me is that even though there are, as I said, there are a lot of structural obstacles that, you know, women run up against, it's the psychological obstacles that really I think we need to address because they're sometimes really internalized as girls. I mean, I have two daughters, and you can see all of these influences that prey on girls to try to have them not see themselves as leaders, not value their voices, be distracted by, you know, wanting to please or be liked or focusing on their appearance. So women often don't even realize that they aren't in touch with their true selves and that they, you mm-hmm. know, are not, you know, being – that they, they have a right to have a voice and to have influence and, you know, and, and lead a – follow their calling and their dreams. I mean, these are things that I think mostly we need to address because they're cultural. And I do think that the other th- important thing that I'm learning and I'm preparing for an event, our third Women and Men as Allies event, we have another one coming up in February. I partner with Michael Kimmel in the Center for the Study of Men and Masculinities, is that, you know, we need men to be our allies. Men increasingly are realizing not just that, you know, to be supportive because they realize we would benefit from a more equal, diverse world, but also men Men want to be freed from these destructive gender stereotypes that also limit and impact their ability to be their full selves or to act in ways that, you know, this toxic kind of notion of what masculinity and being a man is, which we're seeing play out in negative, very harmful ways for men and boys, too. So to me um, right now, this is just. So important that we have these honest conversations. And I think there are positive trends coming out of the election. I think we really need to, like, try to be hopeful and be aware and foster the momentum that we do see. People are awake. Coalitions are forming. People are realizing they need to be active yeah. and informed citizens. And also there's even some hopeful trends about there's been a huge surge in women um, signing up for programs to run for office. So, you know, I'm hoping that maybe sometimes things have to get so bad that, you know, in order to really force a dramatic turn.
0: Beautiful. That's so true. I do believe that there's going to be a lot of good as well as a lot of opportunities emerging from what it is that we have to learn at these times. Marianne, I want to thank you for the work that you are doing and would love to find out where can our listeners get a little bit more information about your book?
3: Yes. um, Well, probably you can find out information about both my books and all of the work that I'm doing, including What Will It Take, which I'm hoping to launch this year, at So which is M-A-R-I-A-N-N-E-S-C-H-N-A-L-L.com.
0: Mm, beautiful. Leave us with a better vision, a, a vision that you think, a vision for yourself that would contribute to a better America and a better world. Mm.
3: I mean, it all starts with us. It, you know i think i'm spending a lot of time thinking my next book that i'm thinking about i'm writing um tentative title is the peace inside us i think right now more than ever with all of the kind of noise and negativity around us that it's really important for us to, and this is obviously very connected to your show, to really be aware of sort of just our own energy and our own thoughts and our own actions. And we can all do things in big grand ways and form organizations and volunteer and sign petitions and march and do all those type of things. But it's just as important that we think about, you know, how we're treating ourselves and the words that we put out there, the energy that we put out into the world and really trying to radiate as much as we can hope and positivity and compassion and unity because that's the energy that i feel like the world most needs now
0: mary ann chenall thank you so much and all the very best and hope to meet you in dc sometime
3: oh i would love that absolutely thank you so much i enjoy being on your show
0: me too take good care bye-bye so it takes a lot of work
3: and we also learn a lot
0: in the process of all the work that we do. There's something very profound in listening to stories. If if you listen to this story from a very, very clear perspective, you could learn so much about who you really are on the inside. I hope you've enjoyed our conversation with Marianne Schnall. You can visit her at Marianne Schnall.com and her website, or even go to feminist.com, which is an area that she writes for. Remember, no one can take away your happiness unless you give them permission, and we are here to love each other the same. Let's end today's conversation with Sarah McLaughlin. Let's become instruments of peace. Happy 2017, everyone. Take care.
1: me so nice.